Welcome to Dads with Nerdy Ambitions, your go-to podcast for nerd culture and pop culture in the 21st century. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and with me always is my amazing co-host, David Perry. And on the show today, coming back because, you know what, I just enjoy being in his presence. And we just had a really great time uh, doing some fun stuff, which we'll talk just a little bit about, kind of get some teasers out there. Mr. Lee Winika from the Tabletop Journeys. How are you doing today, sir? Both of you, gentlemen, how are we doing today? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I love the opportunity to be on your show. Um, and I hit number two before Josh hit number two. So that makes me that that is kind of a awesome. winner. Now, that being said, I hit number two before you two hit number two, because I just did an episode for you, gentlemen, which actually is coming out on the 9th. Correct. So Friday? Is that, no, 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 no. Saturday. Uh, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Gosh, my days are off. Uh, no, you are correct. So you are the winner, sir. Yay! <laughs> and what my reward? Oh, I'm out of coffee. I just <laughs> I drank all my. Coffee. I was going to be like, I got coffee. No, I don't. I'm out. Um. So just ladies and gentlemen, so just so you know, uh, the wonderful Lee Winika, uh, Josh, uh, Glenn, and um. Mike from Mike, Mike from hits the dragon. Yes, I was trying to think of remember the name of his podcast because I didn't want to screw it up. Yeah, 19 to hit. Uh, we just fit, wrapped up for the Halloween special, the Alien RPG, uh, which was a blast. It, it, it was amazing, it was so much fun. Um, I, I realize I'm starting this backwards. I usually ask David what he was up to first, but you know what. This is about us right now. This is a... <laughs> no, I'll get it. To... I'll ask David. I promise I'll ask you. Uh, but what was so what were your thoughts overall of the the alien RPG? Like, what did you think of it? I was. I was of two absolute minds. First of all, mechanically, just as a fan of role playing games and mechanics and how they drive a particular story type. I was so impressed at how the mechanics of this game made it possible to tell this type of story. Like it blew me away how well the mechanics worked. Oh, like yeah. it was so seamless. It was very intuitive. I think by the time we were in our second session, most of the things we were doing, we had already figured out. Like we didn't occasionally, there was a question, but generally speaking, I could play that game and be fine. I thought it was, I thought it was really, it's so the book makes the book is a little daunting yep. and it seems complex, but because I feel like because I'm coming from that D and D perspective, like where you look at that page and you're trying to figure everything is really very much in front of you. This is, it's still in front of you, but it's actually a lot more simple. And I feel like a lot more open to interpretation and your health points mean a lot, a lot more in this game because you have like two, maybe if you're a synth five health points and that's yeah. it. Yeah. It, it doesn't take a lot to go down. No, yeah. no, it does and, not. And I will leave that there. Cause there are, that would be a spoiler, but yes, it, we it, will, we will not spoil it. Um, um, but yeah, one was the mechanics. I was just amazed at how smooth and simple it was to play the game. Like just doing the thing. Uh, yes. The second was the story. Uh, and the the mood, like it was so well done. And kudos to my co-host Josh as a storyteller. Amazing job. He came unglued. Like 
I have been in many LARPs and many events and now three or four uh, tabletop D&D games with him as a storyteller. And I have to tell you, this is the finest storytelling that I've ever seen him do. And I've known him for 20 plus years. Uh-huh. Um, like he just blew me away. He did a really, he did a really good job. He made, he set the scene. Um, so for the listeners, uh, just so you guys know, we will be doing, it is a three session uh, well, with four, if you count episode zero, is there going to be a fifth at the a wrap up episode? We're going to be recording a wrap up probably okay. next week. And okay. with the idea to go through the mechanics and okay. like talk about how to play the game and have that shown. So all of our list- is that going to be on your Patreon or is that going to be? I believe that's going to be for everybody because okay. the goal is to show people how to play the game because okay. we had so cool, much cool. fun. We had a blast. We don't want to be the only five people playing this game. We no. want everybody to play with Um so, so, so just as yeah. a, as a story, is it more of, you know, alien, the first alien movie was a haunted house movie where you're stuck in space and you can't leave the house. Yeah. And aliens, the second one is more of an, uh, a war action. It was less horror and more, more, uh, thriller. Yeah. I think the second one was done by Ridley Scott, right? No, the first Abrams. one was Ridley Scott. The Ridley second one was James Cameron. A- yeah. Okay. So this particular adventure was specifically like the first movie. We okay. did cinematic. It, it, yeah, we, we did, did the a cinematic. Cinem- There's two ways to play the game, cinematic and uh, campaign style. We did it cinematic style. So okay. this was definitively that. Uh, I believe the book that Steve was just showing us. Yes, this is one of my new toys. What's going to help you turn to the Cameron style game. Okay. So I think it's going it, to, it, and the system itself is so freeing um, in that same vein as Powered by the Apocalypse, which uh, I've recently come familiar with, that um, it'll allow you to do different styles. As long as your storyteller knows how to tell that story, it's, they'll be it's, able to play that style of game. I don't think they named the good the book properly. I, I understand why they called it Alien, but it should have been World of Alien or something on that line. Because there's when you play, when you don't play like cinematic version, which is like it's basically cinematic is like a one shot. Uh, okay. The 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 regular it's you see very few aliens xenomorphs. It's more about there's everything else that can happen in space, like okay. breaches and there's like literally anything that you can imagine, including corporate espionage and treason and everything like that on that line, as well as. There's aliens in it too. No predators, just aliens. So um, is, is, there, the is there an expansion with predators? I, I, I want mean, that. N- I haven't not seen yet. It yet, but I want that with every part of my being. This this just came out, I would say okay. within the last year, if I'm not mistaken, like 2020. Yeah, it, it's recent. If it's 2019, it was like yeah. December of 2019. Okay. Well, it, there there will be a predator crossover because there, I mean, there has to be. It, I mean, it, that's, it depends that's on half of legals. the fun of the franchises. Yeah. Well, I'll say this: if there isn't one, we're going to homebrew some stuff because uh, <laughs> yeah, one of the spoilers. people in this podcast need <laughs> something up. So oh, it's it's. I, I'm just going to yeah. say, yeah. So, but what we were, <laughs> but what I was trying to say, uh, everyone, go and listen. The first episode is, or episode zero is going to be on your guys' Patreon. So I highly recommend subscribing to their Patreon to find out about episode zero, how we did the setup and our, our mindset on it. Then episode one is going to be on this podcast, uh, which will be airing the 29th. And then episode two is going to be on 
your guys' podcast, which will be the 30th, and it's wrapping up. The final episode is going to be on 19 to hit. 19 hits the dragon. Oh, 19 hits the dragon. Sorry. Uh, For Halloween. So it's... The it is of the horror is going to be Halloween. Night. Yes, that is. And it's so poetic. It's it's so great. We had a blast recording this. And I, I the replay value for me personally is very, 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 very high. Yeah. Um, it is a nice. Here, I will say it is a nice change a breath for, you know, for uh, an RPG. And if you're like if you're feeling a little burnt out from D&D this is a great way to, you know, do a palate cleanser, yeah. like straight okay. up great palate cleanser, super simple. It's a little daunting at first. Uh, but if you have somebody like any of us who have played now yeah. or have played before and have them as your, so they don't call them GMs or DMs. They call them mother because of mother, the computer system. Right. Um, absolutely a blast. Um, and, and great to play. Uh, but yeah, it, I had a blast with you guys. And then we was on your guys' show. We were talking, actually talking about D&D yep. and 5.5 slash 6.0 and see yep. where we're going. Speaking of D&D, guys, had, did you guys see the new Tarask or Tarask, however it's pronounced? I haven't seen it, but a bunch of news came out today while I was at my nine to five. Uh, <laughs> Josh and I are planning a quick Patreon update uh, when we get done with our regular recording schedule for tomorrow. So it's like we, um, we've we actually started doing these little uh, news updates, like what's the news in the hobby today yeah. or this week, and then we'll do like a quick 15-minute hit that we're uh, providing to our patrons because they're nice. amazing. They support us very well. So the goal for us is to keep giving them more and more content. Nice. Uh, and then all of that stuff will be tra- uh, transcribed and in blog form on our on our web page nice yeah it's 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 going to be a huge model by the way um one of the guys i know his name's james from covetous imp gaming he uh he thinks it's going to be around like 350 for this model because based on well tiamat's what 400 and uh the the giant white dragon avertrice or however you say it is what 200 i don't I, I didn't catch the price on that. So I, I, I own I, it. I own it. Yeah. I, I, I have the smaller, that. I have the smaller one that came with uh drift and the rest of the guys from the crystal shard. So I have that. It actually sits right up there. Do you want to see the big one? I'll go grab it yeah, real quick. I want to see the yeah. big one. I want right, to hold on. All right. Hold on. Don't ever ask a gamer if they want to see the big one because the right? they always <laughs> want to see the big one. Take that as you will, listeners. <laughs> That's how we play the game. <laughs> oh my god, that is gorgeous. So, just to give you an idea, that is our, our favorite drow elf sitting on top of this thing. So what is what's that? Two feet across? Uh, eighteen inches. I think it's eighteen. I think it actually might be twenty. All right. Uh, but the Tiamat that's coming out is basically two feet by two feet. Okay. It's freaking huge. Um, 
but beautiful. I, I, I'll say this. When it gets this big, you start to lose some quality in the paint style for the models. Like it looks more like a Hasbro kind of action figure. Like the new, like their new Jurassic Park dragons and everything, or not Jurassic Park dragons. Oh, Jurassic Park dinosaurs and everything. It's it's got that plasticky. Like you don't get the paint details quality that I feel like you get on the smaller ones. Uh, But I have every single dragon so far that has come out with the exception of the sapphire because i refuse to buy the jewel dragons they are the gem crystal dragons whatever they just you don't no you don't get your money out of it they look really cheap mm. it's like you know when you get the uh uh the, the the clear models and they're like oh it's invisible no you're ripping me off that's exactly what it is but instead of being invisible it's blue and they're charging the same prices. So they're charging $60 for, which is what they charge for the painted, beautiful other dragons that they have. So it's the same price as the other dragons. But they're putting less resources in. Yes. So if they said, Hey, we're charging 30 or $40, I would be more likely to, you know, drink the Kool-Aid. Uh, however, because the way because it's just like you no, know, they're charging the same price. I, I, I'm out. I'll tap on that until like somebody gets like this stupid good deal. Like, hey, you know, flash deal, buy this. Um, we're going to have to do an episode, by the way, David, on Squid Games because this is just popping off like crazy, and people are asking me questions. <laughs> and I am I'm basic. I'm I'm a basic bro over here because I went and got the uh, the kit to make the honeycomb treats uh, okay. for have either of you seen squid games yet? You need to David, come on. You gave me so much hell about the stereotypes for Shang-Chi and you haven't watched I... the South Korean phenomenon. That is squid games. Um, I am, I am a bad uh, streamer uh, <laughs> in terms of watching stuff. And I, I tend to not get into shows or whatever. So good. And I can't believe like it, it's still number one. It's been like number one on Netflix for so long now. Tiger King was number one for a long time too. So I don't know what that says about the viewers or I can't stand anything (laughs) like that. But I I, I was going to offer the exact same piece of evidence. Like, Number one means very little. That's true. Bachelorette and Bachelor still exists, and I know I'm going to get shots for that one. Just because a lot of people like it doesn't mean it doesn't suck. Yeah, no, you're right. Right. However, I phenomenal, phenomenal. I've heard a lot of good things about it, and and from people that I trust. The other thing, you know, when we were talking about it the other day with uh, with Danny and uh, Carl, um, she described it as kind of horror or that sort of. See. I, and I told you this, but yeah, hor- horror movies really aren't my thing um, because I think a lot of horror movies, they, they have become reliant on jump scares and excessive violence and excessive gore. And that's not what I enjoy in a movie. Um, whereas there, now there are some good horror movies and I enjoy a good horror movie, but I think a lot of them in the, you know, and the screen movies kind of spoofed this, and then they became their own chain uh, on their own. But I, mm. I think a lot of horror movies just they just don't appeal to me because it's like, oh, look, it's torture porn, and we're going to see how many different ways we gross ways we can kill someone, and, I, 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 and that's not you. my thing. 
have you seen um did you ever see saving private ryan yes okay what did you think of the gore and the violence that was in that was that tolerable or was that not or was that too much for you it was different it was different because it wasn't because it wasn't gratuitous okay um and and i feel like a lot of horror movies are that or like a lot of the slasher movies are that um just schindler's list schindler's list is another very realistic very violent movie that is objectively very good but i don't enjoy watching it and that's not why i go see a movie okay so my my whole reference behind that was is that the 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 gore and violence that you saw in that is 10 i I would say is worse than what is in squid games squid games is violent there is no doubt there is violence people get shot heads everywhere there is gore but it's not to the level i would not say it's anywhere near the level of like saw or freddy krueger or anything like it's not it's not what you would call murder porn well the suicide squad has a lot of gratuitous gore but it's also kind of it's at the same time kind of satire in and of itself yes it's 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 done well it's a i would say it's yes even though it has the gore and the violence in it it is a it is more of a psychological okay horror movie because it's it's on the concept of you have nothing to lose but your life (laughs) and it's i'm not saying that i won't watch it it's just i haven't gotten around to it no 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 yeah i i'm so So hard trying to say i have on it I have a interesting love hate relationship with horror movies. And Which is so funny because of our subject tonight. <laughs> right. Um, and But it fits into what I so part of the issue is I get terrible nightmares. I don't have to watch a horror movie to, to, to get them but uh-huh. sometimes horror movies will trigger them. Uh-huh. So there's a couple things I do. I rarely watch horror movies at night. I will usually watch them first thing in the morning. Uh, like between nine, ten o'clock, or twelve o'clock. I don't even tend to watch them in the afternoon, um, and so I can avoid that. However, I love stories. I love story construction. I love when directors and authors and screenplay writers can craft a story that builds that tension. So something as simple that has no gore in it whatsoever as um, the Blair Witch, the original Blair Witch, is one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. I actually all, just saw that. All, all it does is build tension. Um, and the closing yes. scene, which shows zero gore, terrified me. Like, terrified me. Um, ask Josh about that at some point, because he was with me when I went to see that. To this day, he laughs at me about how bad I was. Like, I refused to let him and my other buddy leave my house. Until daylight came up because I was messed up for that entire night. I like couldn't handle it. Um, so because of that, I feel that when I watch and when I feel compelled to watch a horror movie or a horror series of some kind, that is telling me that there are things that are happening. Sometimes it's I find the gore or the jump scares interesting in the way they were constructed and they help me build great scenes for D&D or something like that. Sometimes it's just I love the social commentary that it's trying to deliver on. And I think that's very important. I'll definitely be talking more about that when we talk about the zombie yeah. stuff that I really, really like, because it's the ones that have social commentary right. that I like the mm-hmm. most. I think that's the core of what a zombie film really is and should be. Certainly the yeah. Romero ones were. 
Right. So uh, Psycho is another movie. The first, the original Hitchcock Psycho is, yeah. and the, the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre are very good movies. They're objectively good, and they they don't rely on gore, and they're they're not, but they but they are they parts they're of them scary. are terrifying. The, the construction of the story. I also like a good story. Cabin in the Woods is another movie that is a good movie. But and it, and it is horribly violent and gory. But it, it's also it, it's it's also subversive in its own way. Uh, the the first Scream movie was that way. It's amazing. And, and but, I watched that entire series. I loved the first one. The first one was solid. Everything else, it, it had diminishing returns as each film came out. Sure, because it, it eventually just became a flagrant cash grab. Oh yeah. Right. Um, I loved The Ring, and that is another one okay. that just scared me senseless. Um, I, I actually own Ringu, and um, I was just about to say that too. And I have only watched about part of it; could not get through the rest of it. Like it actually scared me it's far too much. Asian, <laughs> it's it's a Japanese and South Korean culture horror movies. There's a quality to them. There's a new a flavor, and I think honestly, we're going to see a lot more of them starting to pop up because of uh, Squid Games. Like it's it's showing, hey, look what else is out there for well, taste wise. For me, you know, it was more of a, with the ring. It wasn't so much a story that that type of story is not unheard of, right? What it was for me was actually the cinematography and the scene construction that got me. Like just the scenes where um, the the main character is, uh, and, and actually, I'm confusing the ring and the grudge. Those two, both of those two movies. Were they made uh, by I the same director back then? Ringu and the original Grudge movies, weren't they made by the same director? They very well could have been. I don't know off the top of my head. But like the scene where the lead act, actor, she's running her hand through her hair and then all of a sudden... Oh, hands, the fingers. The hand comes, like that. Whoa. You know, uh, Samara coming out like at the, end of the, at the end of the ring when Samara finally comes out of the well. Just that movement towards the tv screen and then as she came out of the tv screen and the water on the floor and her coming across the screen uh, uh that type of stuff like just the way that was filmed that's what sold me on, on on that film it was like the story not the most groundbreaking horror story the way it was filmed was amazing and that was stark and new and again i was in for the way it was crafted and that's what I really like. I love the craft of movies, love the craft of good television shows. And I can, I, even if things scare me and I don't want to watch it for that reason, if the craft is good enough, I will find a way to make it happen and just deal. Awesome. And, uh, I, and to me, that is a high form of praise. If it's something that I'm scared to watch and I still watch. It. Nice. Um, um, so before we get into our subject, David, have you been up to anything? I know we went on like a 30 minute tangent here. Uh, not since we, I don't think any of the news since we talked last, but <laughs> I did want to make sure we didn't forget about oh. you. <laughs> well, I, my, my, some of my friends now that corn, now that co now we've all been vaccinated and, yeah. and at, at least in our group, uh, we went to a Ren fair, a couple, did I tell you that we went to a Ren fair a couple weekends ago up in Ohio and yes. it's the most crowded I've ever seen a Ren fair. Um, 
and it, which is kind of scary because there are a lot of people walking around, even though it's outdoors, just completely unmasked. But at the same time, a lot of vendors that I knew at this fair, um, I was talking to them and, and they were selling out of goods, like in the second or third week of the fair, they were selling out of things and had to order more. So people are spending money, which is good for them because they got wiped out last year. Yeah. Um, and then this same group, we just started a D and D game. My wife is in it, and some of our other friends. And I'm playing a uh, an elf blade singer who can't carry a tune and really can't dance. So we'll see how this goes. That's awesome. What's your wife playing? Uh, she is. What is she? She is a cleric. She's a life domain dragonborn life domain cleric. Ooh. Nice. So nice. Um, she's she's new to to D and D, and the guy. And the, the, the DM, he, he and I have known each other for 20 years. His wife also plays. And then some, a, a couple, a friend of mine from work and her wife are also uh, in our party. So we've got a, we've got a good group and, and we'll see nice. how this group goes. It's um, nice to see you cheating on me with another D&D group. It's, uh, you know. <laughs> it's, it's not cheating if you're poly, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we are polygame amorous. Uh, That's right. Polygamorous. 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 Polygamorous? Is that, is that a word now? It is now. It is, it is now, it is now polygamorous. Uh, <laughs> patent tabletop journey slash DNA podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, get a trademark on that real right. quick. Trademark. Yeah. Polygamorous. Oh, uh, that's awesome. That's 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 Not great. If you're rolling dice. That's all. <laughs> you have to let me know what your uh what your has your wife DD before at all? She played a little bit with Dabbled. us uh, before before COVID. Uh, we yeah. we played in a in a campaign, and we started the first adventure we did was basically just a dungeon crawl, and it was okay. it was people who were new to D and D who had never played before, because uh, that's to me a dungeon good dungeon crawl is a, is a good way to learn just the mechanics. Absolutely, of the game. it's a great tutorial because there's no role playing to it. You, you go from one room to the next and you run into this set of monsters and you have this amount of space. And what does this spell do? And what does this spell do? And why, why does the cleric always have spirit guardians active and just run around the room? You know, um, you know, what's an attack of opportunity and, and so on. And, and we were also kind of, my friend and I, we were kind of reacclimating ourselves to fifth edition because mm. uh, we hadn't played in a while. So so that was good. And, and then of course, then COVID comes along and, you know, we don't see these people in person for, you know, a year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, she's, you know, I, I, I think she enjoys it. She keeps showing up. So that's good. Well, th because I I've actually have convinced two of the people from the monsters and mailmen to come on the podcast and talk to us about okay. the social experience of nerding out basically right. uh, specifically because they did D and D. And neither of these guys are what I would consider. This is their first nerd experience right. is the best way to put it. Uh, they have like one of them. He, he dabbles a little bit in some other stuff. He's very much into Cthulhu mythos. Um, the other one has absolutely zero. And this was him coming out and trying something new and being able to say, hey, I, I gave it a shot. And to see what would happen. And well, you know, right. Well, you know, having played, you know, you and we've all played, been playing role playing games for a long time. And some people like them and some people don't. And everybody has a different play style too. Some people just like the dungeon crawls. Some people 
like the role playing and they like, you know, the, the character and they, they, you know, they don't like fighting or, or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and other people, <laughs> their, their first instinct in any situation is fireball. Fireball yeah. solves everything. And if they're resistant to fire or immune to fire, lightning bolt. So, you know, but it's finding that and, 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 you know, it's great to introduce new people to the hobby. And for some people, it'll stick and some people it doesn't. It's, it's like cosplay or really any other expensive hobby. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, I'm excited to have them on. I really Good. am um, because I, I want to get their opinions on stuff. Uh, I want to know what they think about doing right. D and what they think about nerd culture because i feel like i've opened i've opened the door the floodgates to uh different D stuff and so i'm i was excited about that well good um yeah uh, right well and you know a lot of people i think are, are are closet nerds i mean and that's that's been one of the nice things really about um culture in the last 10 years is people are finding out that you know they're you know, they're not the only ones who like Dungeons and Dragons or play the people that you wouldn't have thought play Dungeons and Dragons, but really like it. Yeah. Or the people that you wouldn't have thought would go to a Ren fair, but you know, that's how they spend, you know, their weekends in, in October and November. Um, and that, well, that's actually what I'm doing with my brother-in-law and my good. sister-in-law uh, because we're going to a wedding this weekend. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's all cosplayed up. Um and then they're, they're like, oh, should I just get some cheaper questions? I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'll probably throw it away. I'm like, don't throw it away. Save it. We'll go to a rent fair, and you guys can try this out and, right. and have some fun with it. Uh, you know, it's just to get that little more of experience. Like, I've been, my wife, I love her. She loves food. Like, mm -hmm. that, is her, that is her love right. language is food. Right. Uh, so I've been sending her all these TikTok videos that I can find of people going to rent fairs and showing off their food. Like there was cheese stick, uh, frozen cheese, uh, cheesecake covered in chocolate on a stick. Yes. There was, it was everything that she, this person could possibly find on a state, a stick. Right. The only thing I didn't like that they had was a steak on a stick. It, and that just, the steak didn't look good to me. So it I was like, it was eh. probably overcooked. Well, it, it looks like it lacked flavor, but I like Turkey legs. That's what I get giddy about. And I okay. kid you not, this one time I went to one in Chicago mm -hmm. and it was covered in bacon. Okay. Um, freaking phenomenal. Uh, and we did lose our, our, our guest and he, but he's coming back. He just sent me a message saying he lost the internet. He'll be back in a second. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it was, it was so good. I love a nice Turkey Lake. And I feel like that's like the, the token, uh, food for well, uh that's certainly the one that that's most people associate with a, a good rent fair um but you know but a lot of them the, the one in ohio they have a we went to they have a middle eastern kiosk and they had they had falafel and euros and you know it was uh spanakopita and, and all that and then you could go you can get a burger they had the um the ribbon potato i don't know if you've seen that where they have a they slice a, a potato into a, into one continuous ribbon and then deep fry the whole thing and then they serve it with uh, with um, uh, sour cream and cheese and you know just all sorts of other fat bacon. I, just drop. I'm a chub scout. I'm in. I'm I'm totally in um, to this. So, know, the, so yeah, but Ren, Ren fairs are fun, and they're a good way just to get people in because if you, you'll see guys walking around in full plate mail or full leather armor, 
And then at the same time, you just see people wearing a t-shirt and shorts and, uh, and everybody's okay with that. Uh, is there any, let me ask you this. Is there anyone that any costume that you don't think is acceptable for a, like, I'm not talking inappropriate, but like, that's the costume you don't want to see at a Ren fair. Well, you know, so Ren- I, I'll, I'll start it. I'll say this before so let you give you a second to think about your answer. I don't like seeing Jedi's at Ren fairs. Yeah, like I don't have a problem with Jedi's. I really don't, but it's, I don't like Jedi's at a Ren fair. I come there for the fantasy, not the sci-fi. Right. Well, the, you know, a lot of them now they have these steam weekends. And so mm. there's usually at most Ren fairs, they have a time travelers weekend which mm. is basically your excuse to dress in whatever, you know, Mandalorian, Star Trek, Jedi, yeah. you know, any of the, any steam steampunk is real big. Um, I, well, I know they typically have like pirates. They have steampunk, then they have fantasy pirates, then, Vikings, Highlands, yeah. you know, fa- fairy weekend or, or whatever. Um, if I go to a Ren fair, I, I, I think that like you, I think that a lot of the science fiction probably shouldn't be there but you know they won't turn you away you know as long as you can go through weapons check um but i think that's probably more appropriate towards a theme weekend i know a lot of people um they like to cosplay their DD character and i think that's fantastic you know a lot of these they have you can buy elf ears the latex elf ears um so you can be an elf or you can be a dwarf or, or whatever halfling um there's a lot of crossover there uh you know, each Ren Faire is also, they probably have a theme or they have a specific time setting. Um, the, the one in Ohio, the Ohio Ren Fest, I think theirs is Queen Elizabeth the first. Um, so whatever era that is and that they have jousting and, and all that, but there are, you know, in every Ren Faire, you will see someone dressed as Link. Um, that's, that's, that's a fact. That is know, actually. Um, and, and if you just want to, you want to put on a kilt and a, you know, whatever, great. Um, so I, I, but I don't think anything is necessarily inappropriate, but if they, you know, if it's a, if it's a time traveler weekend, then yeah, be a Jedi or be whatever. I can get um, behind that. But it, again, I, the thematics, however, on the flip, you can argue you're going in there wearing regular clothes. What's the difference? Right. So, well, I, right. I, I think a lot of it is, is some of it's the escapism, some of, and you can tell who got dragged there by their spouse or their kids um you know and there's nothing wrong with that a lot of people also like to go for the shows uh whether it's the jousting or the aerialists or um, fire breathers the fire breathers or there's a lot usually there's a lot of comedy shows uh, uh that there are or um we went to one the one in in charlotte the north carolina ren fair uh they have um they have a birds of prey show and they have it's a it's a, a, a falconry uh, which is really good and really interesting. Um, a lot of them now will also have uh, uh, mermaids. Um, uh, the one, again, the one in, that I've been to in, outside of Charlotte, they have a giant tank with with uh, people dressed as mermaids who are swimming around in the tank. Uh, you know, so it's gotten to the point where pretty much anything goes. Um, you know, you see people dressed as orcs in what's supposed to be 15th century England or 15th, you know, 16th century France or whatever. I'm all for it. I, you know, anything that'll get folks out and just having a good time. Um, you know, fairies seem to be everywhere. You know, people make those, they'll make a uh, big cellophane wings 
and uh, airbrushing a, and everything. I've seen yeah. some really actually really oh, cool ones with that. Like fabulous dude, ones. I, it's that's that's my place to go. I, I'm not gonna lie to go to, uh, to Ren Fairs to see all like the 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 cosplay that can be done. Um, I will. I'm not gonna lie. I have rocked a kilt at mm-hmm. one Ren Fair. Have you rocked a kilt? All the time, man. Now, are you? Do you do traditional? Ah, uh, you, well, ah, you was. There's there's one way for you to find out, Steve. <laughs> uh, what I what I will what I will generally tell you about wearing a kilt is number one, you won't ever want to wear pants again. Uh, but <laughs> it, it depends on where you go, because there will invariably be somebody who will try and sexually assault you and lift your kit kilt and sometimes it's a middle-aged woman and sometimes it's just a kid and i don't know that you really want to uh you really want to expose anybody <laughs> to that um but yeah um, but you know it, kilts are fabulous um yeah. you know I, I, I like the traditional kilts and i also like the utility ones that have all the pockets because i that's what i i had the yeah. uh I, I well i had i actually get let a, a friend borrow it um a guy who was actually on my show falco if you're listening to the show i want my kilt back <laughs> i lent it to him to borrow he's like can i borrow your kilt i'm like yeah all right it's it's got yeah. the pockets a tactical kilt it's like khaki canvas material i liked it um, the, yeah they're they're okay i mean i have a i have one utility kilt and then i have a i have two just more traditional uh scottish style uh, uh kilts um because they're comfortable um so yeah but yeah I think we have perma lost our uh, our guest host tonight. Uh, he just sent me a message from his phone saying his uh, internet is down and oh. he's trying to get it. So uh, I think we should we will move on with this subject. Uh, if he if he does get back in on us, we'll talk mad smack about him. Oh, oh maybe, that's all it maybe. took. That is all it took. Oh, I'm I'm not even cutting this out. This is I'm leaving this pure raw <laughs> and organic. Because I want Josh to hear this when he listens to this episode. Oh, let's see if he comes in. Is he coming in? He's connecting, allegedly. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Because I said, hey, let's start talking about zombies without Lee Winika. And he's like, that is not the way. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about rent fairs all day long. And he, he's, he's not, he's like, ah, Boy, you are so lucky. And I'm leaving this all in here, Lee Winika. I just want you to know, I kid you not, I was about to start talking about zombies because I've read your message. I go, hey, he said his internet's down. He's not, you know, his whole house is down. I said, I don't think we have our guest host tonight now. That's okay. Let's move forward. And you are just like, that cannot happen. And you Spartan pop right back into this show. Uh, I would love to tell you, um, I have those skills. (laughs) However, I'm a man of honesty and integrity. I shall not lie to you or the esteemed members of your audience. Thus, Well, you have to answer a question since you you have uh, delayed our our show tonight. Uh, Have you ever rocked a kilt? No. Well, then you can't answer the second question, but so if now I we got to, if I were to, the answer is yes, I would do it properly. All right. 
So we're gonna have to do a collaboration episode where we all rock kilts. I'm just saying, I think it's a thing. Um, uh, so, so much fun. All right. So we didn't come here to talk about kilts and what we wear or don't wear underneath them. We came to talk about zombies. Uh, I was thinking, so originally I was going to just be like, hey, let's talk about The Walking Dead. And I'm like, no, we need to talk about zombies in general because there it is. There's so many things and the phenomenon that is zombies. It, it is, I, I will say it has definitely died down in the last five, six years, but it is still very much there. I remember when The Walking Dead first season came out and like the first couple seasons, it was huge. Yeah. Like it slammed up. However, it stayed pretty constant. I will say it stayed constant. Well, just the proliferation of zombie programming on TV and streaming networks alone tells that tale. Right? Oh, yeah. If something's a phenomenon, uh, a phenomena. It has uh, it has legs like all of a sudden every network has one. Oh, yeah. Including uh, Nickelodeon. Yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that, uh, you start getting kid shows, Last Kid on Earth, streaming on Netflix. My, my son, my youngest, uh, loves those books. So we're talking young adult novels yeah. and novelizations uh, are in this topic. When you get actors like Brad Pitt appearing in World War Z. Do, we do not talk about that movie. We do look, not talk about that movie. Look, we're going to talk about that movie. That is a bad that is not a zombie movie and i will stand on that hill and i will fight for it well then 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 i think you're going to talk what i was going to mention is the alterations on the zombie theme or z 28 days later they are alterations on that theme and i I think there is a lot of merit in both in both uh films uh we'll get back to that one in this we'll We'll get get back to that that's those are Oh, that one's a touchy subject with me. Those are peripheral cases. But uh, I, I love zombies. I talked earlier about uh, my, my love-hate relationship with horror. I have almost always loved zombies. Part of it is I was there the day Thriller released. I sat with like eight, nine, ten of my friends in my friend's living room because I didn't even have cable television and MTV. My neighbors did. And I remember sitting crisscross applesauce on the floor with a bunch of my friends and and his his older sister and all over michael jackson gear and we were watching this and then vincent price came out the dude from creature double feature was on you know, and and like it was in that and, and like watched the whole thing and i remember i think i probably watched the whole thriller movie every time they played it for like the first week I, like it felt like i never stopped watching it for a week what was your first zombie movie I can Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead with the blue zombies was my first zombie movie. I think because of my fear with horror movies, the first zombie movie I ever watched fully was the remake of Dawn of the Dead in the 90s. Oh, the one where they ran. Oh, my God. That was terrifying when they're in the mall and yeah. guy across the street in the uh in the gun shop uh I, and i i love that that was Great when movie. i realized there was something more to be said than this is a scary movie and it was after watching that 
that I went back and watched some of the older zombie movies. And the, uh, the dad from uh, um, Modern Family. Modern Family. Is <laughs> in that. Yeah, I never, I never watched Modern Family, but that was that. Uh, that was my uh, my very first uh, thing I ever saw him him in. Uh, absolutely loved, it. and I pretty much watched that because I knew Ving Rams was in it. And generally speaking, if he's in a film, even if the film is trash, he's awesome. So I just watch him, and I was like, I'm gonna watch this. And that's when it really sparked that whole uh, little nod in the back of my brain that says, you know, hey. Could you survive if, like, I love those types of films. Like, what if you were put in this situation? What would you do differently? And I think that's one of the things I love about zombie films. It puts me in that head. I have to figure that nice. out. And uh, that's always something that I think is uh, is impressive about. Nice. David, do you, I know you're. this is not your genre, but I'm assuming you've seen a zombie movie or two. Yeah, I, I have seen zombie movies. I was trying to think what... The, it was probably one of the one of the bad one of the later Romero zombie movies, you know, okay. because there was there was the that this after well, Night of the Living Dead was the first one, right? That was his first one. His first, and I'm glad first, you say that. That, that because, was his first movie. And yes. then, but then and then after that, you talked about diminishing returns. After that, the Romero zombie movies get progressively worse Ooh. and they have less social commentary and they're just more about just eating people and killing people in gross ways. How many different ways can we have the zombie break into the house, grab you through a window or closet? Right. And then they swarm you and the the person screams as they die. And then they turn into a zombie themselves. Now, it's because you said that. I'm glad you brought that uh, Romero's first movie. Do you guys know what the first zombie movie was? I think it was like an old, like silent movie, wasn't it? Like, I, I thought I remember hearing something about it. Like, I don't know it. So this is not me. No, no, no. You're 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 pretty. You're you're on the right path. But it my was head goes back to something that would have been 1920s, 1930s. 1932, White Zombie, which was a movie about uh, a dude who went to a witch doctor to uh, basically get a love potion to make his uh, this girl fall in love with him and leave her fiance, and it ends up turning her into a zombie. Um, but yeah, that was the first one. And then like technically the first, the, after that zombie movies was Romero. That is like his bread and butter. He pretty much progressed is the best way to put it. The, the zombie genre. Um, and I love the fact that you brought up, uh, the, what would you survive questions? Uh, because, a great gentleman named Max Brooks, the son of Mel Brooks, actually made all these books. He made these like How to Survive a Zombie Apocalypse, tongue-in-cheek book, and he made a couple others. And like uh, World War Z was the book he created. And this is where my beef comes with the movie World War Z because it shares nothing with the book with the exception of the title. And I quite literally mean the title, and that is it. The zombie style, the zombies are old Romero walking slow zombies in his book. They are the classic gray skin zombies where you get nothing, nothing the same with World War Z. And it's so upsetting to me because I've been dying for that movie. And then to get it, 
to be absolutely so, disappointed. And I and I I'm a fan of so many different books that I absolutely look, and I've been trying to get some of the my comic book things that I really love on film for years and DC still can't get it right. We've talked about that. Oh, <laughs> they, they I, just not, not need to have Snyder. Just get rid of Snyder. Yeah, and absolutely. But uh, and I don't want to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. That rabbit hole. That, 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 that's the trap you laid for me. But so I absolutely get that disappointment, that frustration, that frust- and that anger. However, at the time, because of the proliferation we've been speaking about, you got to make something stand out. So my personal take is this. Then don't call it the same thing. Get your own title and do your own thing. That's a frustration. But if I take that single point of difference out of it, I think it was a good movie. And I enjoyed it. Like I saw it. I enjoyed it. And it gave me different questions how do i survive this because anything you would have done in the walking dead or romero zombies or whatever doesn't work wouldn't have made a whit of difference you're still dead in this this you're done yeah but it was so dumb it was so dumb like if you have a terminal disease the zombies move around you come on Uh, every look when it comes to any kind of science fiction or supernatural fiction there's always going to be, uh, you're always going to have to have a point of suspension of disbelief. The key is, <sighs> it was too much with that. If it doesn't play out, if there are other things that don't make sense with it, and I think they were fairly consistent with the way it played out, um, yeah, that, that to me, it was okay. It was not my favorite zombie movie by any stretch, but I enjoyed it. And what I really liked was some of the, some of the things they did very subtly with camera work, Brad Pitt's character counting seconds. I loved that. Like, how long does it take? And he sat there and counted and, and then could figure out what had to happen in order to take care of situations. Anytime you see how a character thinks and then puts that into action in the middle of an action scene is dynamic to me. And, I get, and you I, saw I can... scientists, you, you saw actual scientists approaching the zombie apocalypse you know because they go to that research facility in carter for wherever it is and and so that's what you that was a different take and you know in terms of they needed a name then the name they got was world war z and then they needed a big name action star brad pitt and then they 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 said based on the based on the book world war z and it had I and I I will fight on this one so hardcore because I straw if you haven't read the book or listened to the audibles because there is an audible of it they got so many people Mark Hamill does a voice in it the emotion the feels the impact if they had done the movie the way that the book was written like I kid you not right but phenomenal but, for, but if but if you don't have any emotional attachment to the book. The movie on its own is fine. Just like if you don't have any emotional attachment to The Hobbit, it makes The Hobbit movies a little less bad. Touche. Touche. I'll get behind that. I dare say you probably could say the same with the final three uh, Star Wars films as well. It's all about emotion. I think think that's generation is the the Star Wars movies. It may very well be, but I think that's about attachment. Yes. Like if, yes. you, if you ask most people who's your favorite bond, it's whatever bond they saw first. 
Yes. That's that's like my favorite Bond, and it took me a long time to change my mind. And I eventually went to Brosnan, and I'm now pretty solidly Dan Craig uh, was Roger Moore. Why? Yes. He's the one I saw first. Right. The very first Bond movie I saw was Live and Let Die. The fact that it had one of the Beatles doing the soundtrack, absolute solid win to this day. That is still one of my top five uh, Bond films uh, because of the emotional attachment when I saw it. That was one of the first Bond films that my mom was like, you're way too young for this, but it's Bond, and I don't mind you watching it. She covered my eyes during a couple of <laughs> but I loved it. I loved it, you know, and I think that's how people watch movies. It's about where you got your attachment, what was happening. Sometimes it's the smells in the theater at the time. Sometimes it's the popcorn you had. Like, I don't eat sweet popcorn. Why? Because the first time I remember being in a movie theater, watching a movie, happened to be Star Wars. Um, I had the most ridiculous amount of butter on that popcorn. I still <laughs> popcorn that way to this day. Like, my right. daughter is very right. angry. She's actually charging me an extra $300 uh, an billable <laughs> hour right now for the amount of butter I'm planning to put on my next box of movie popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, and I will do that, at, but I think it's about attachment. So, okay. I, I get behind that. So what is, what do you guys think is the fascination behind zombies? Like we can, we can sit here and we can go, if we break this down scientifically and realistically, the chances of there ever actually being a zombie apocalypse even remotely similar to what are we as portrayed in a lot of movies and shows is probably not going to happen. Like, but but the the, the point, yeah. Um, or the stand, um, we're living the stand. Uh, uh, I think that it's about the fear of the unstoppable. Like if you think about it in those terms, it's about how do you unco uh, uh, cope with this overwhelming fear? It never can get better. Once one of these things start, you see the world. Doesn't matter when they pit, what period of time, whether it's the first week or a year later or five years later, it never gets better. Think about the way Resident Evil just got worse and worse and worse. The environment that they were in just consistently got worse and worse and worse. It wasn't like they finally found a sunny day. Like, they may find a sunny place for a while, but eventually death comes for them. And I think that's the fascination. It's how do you cope with the unstoppable? And to some extent, that's a factor of people's fascination with aging and dying. Right. Well, and then the other thing is when you talk, you, you, Lunica, you had mentioned things about the social commentary and that aspect. And that was the first Romero movie, the early Romero movies and some of the later ones also got caught up in that and it's not necessarily about a virus taking over everybody it's the fact that when i go to my chiropractor's office everybody in the waiting room is sitting there staring at their phone doing this yeah. and so in some ways we have become zombies to a smartphone or we have that who are we doing black mirror now <laughs> well but 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 that but that is that's kind of one of the, the things that that is also that you know the invasion of the body snatchers isn't technically a zombie movie but it also kind of is and and that's a that's an allegory for communism okay yeah. that's what invasion of the body snatchers was and that. yeah yeah because because you didn't know you didn't know who was a communist it was the red scare of of the mccarthy era 
It was, you didn't know who was a communist and the communists were coming and they were taking over America. And then so, they converted that in the 70s be, by making it the hippie movement or what have you. And, uh, and that's when you had Donald Sutherland who has traditionally played hippie type characters up until that point. When he became one of those, that was, a, that was the counterculture saying, these suits are taking over. These people without feeling, without thought or whatever, they're taking over. I mean, that was the commentary of that film. But it, I very much, when you first asked me what was the first zombie movie you saw, and I had to think about it, I almost went with Invasion of the Body Snatchers because I saw that in the 70s. Uh, but, that, but I didn't go because it's not your traditional zombie movie, but it is not far off. No, no I, I'll, I'll give that. It, it definitely falls in the zombie genre-esque but you can't beat the oh my god right that is it is a that is perfect it's i would it it, yes it's non-traditional but it is also very much sci-fi fan like sci-fi hardcore but but science fiction is always a reflection star trek was that too start science fiction and fantasy is a reflection on society because it can tell a story in an allegorical way that is that is inoffensive that is you have to read into the subtext uh, to get to it. it. It doesn't, it doesn't, even though sometimes it can beat you over the head. I mean, the leftist themes of Star Trek are, are, are they're all right there, but, um, but you, it, you can, you weren't looking. Yeah. G- Gene Roddenberry <laughs> can tell stories about racism and he can tell stories about, you know, literal space Nazis. And he can tell stories of, you know, have the first interracial kiss that was just, you know, just people were flipping their shit over that in the, in the seventies. And then, and then in the nineties, 20 years later, he has, he has Dax, Jadzia Dax has, has a, a kiss with another woman, which just sent people off the rails. So science fiction and fantasy does that and zombie movies have been able to do that. They, they have commentary on race. They have commentary on consumerism. They have commentary on, on just people blindly following uh, uh, something or someone and because they, they are infected and infected. Um, so, so that's kind of, that to me, that's what makes a zombie movie interesting. Uh, not just how many different ways can we you know, sneak well, into a house and grab somebody through a wall. And I think that's very interesting because um, when you think about the remake from the 90s, um, Dawn of the Dead, that actually had almost all of those scenes. The interracial couple. Uh, it had. Uh, it had the consumerism. That's why they were holed up in a mall. Yes. It. It had its commentary on doomsday preppers with the guy in the. Uh, in the gun shop across the street. Uh, it had the rich guy, and it had the guy who had all these things, and none of those things mattered once he was in this room. Uh, and I think. I think that's what's really interesting. I think that's the back plot. I think there's so many different things that draw people there. A lot of people can come to zombie movies for different reasons. I have found over the years that a really good one blends many, if not all of those things, uh, which is why that remake of Dawn of the Dead rings very true in my heart because it had all of those. The original Romero had that. It was about, you know, the, the concepts of race like you know death is coming for all of us nobody is different nobody gets out alive nobody uh, doesn't matter if you're rich you're poor smart stupid strong weak everybody gets got that's that's, that's the truth of existence yeah. and at its core these films are really talking about that and i think that's where it all starts 
The Walking Dead takes it a step further and really starts talking about the, the morality of people in survival situations. Now, what, what what do people do when the world ends? It's it's yeah. not so much about yeah. the zombies. It's 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 about the humans. It is very much about the. And no. So and actually, in Robert Kirkman even said this in The Walking Dead. The reason they're called walkers is because zombie culture does not exist yeah. in that universe. There's no zombies. There's never been a zombie. Been a zombie. There's never been. It's, a that's why they call them walkers yeah. or biters. Yeah, they, they come up with all these other yeah, different names. Has their own name, which I think is one of the most brilliant storytelling techniques because it would have been very simple for the writers to simply say, everybody will call them walkers. But by making every faction have their own name, that in and of itself was important to show the realism of the situation. People in different areas call things differently. That's why we have different languages because we... As people, as a human race, as one species, we had different experiences, which bred different cultures, which means we called things by different names. So I think that's, that, that that was one of the neat little nuggets that Kirkman wrote in uh, that thankfully followed to the show that continues to this day. Every time we meet a new group, there's a new name for them. And, and I love and each group. each group that we meet has different survival tactic tactics. Absolutely, because there's more than one way to get through this. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, but it all comes back to that morality. You know, uh, at the end of the day, if you go back to the early seasons, how wrong was Shane? I mean, was Shane that wrong? He was there to save the kid he had been raising as his own. You can't protect her, Rick. Well, not even that one. I'm just talking about Shane's first fall from grace, in my opinion was when he tripped the big guy oh because he's yeah, like you weren't gonna make it it's like you know morally all of us sitting here in safe homes with lights stuff like that an internet that hopefully works all night long when you <laughs> uh can sit there and pass all kinds of judgments but if you really think about it and this is what make draws me into these shows if that's your kid leading out in a room and you're half a town away being chased by certain death. And there's one way you save your kid. What are you willing to do? And it involves killing someone else. Yeah. What are you willing to do? It goes back to that old uh, eighth, ninth grade book where it's like, do you press that button? <laughs> yeah. You know? no. The morality of it is, is very much a thing. And yeah, it, it's and I and all I, those questions. I think I know how I would act. But it's something I've said for a long time. I was a soldier for a lot of years. I did not happen to serve uh, in, in any combat. That is not an experience I have had. I joined at a time where I could have, but I was not assigned thusly. And I have many friends who did. But I will tell you this. The truest thing any person who has never been in combat can tell you is, if they are smart enough to know this, they don't know how they're going to react in combat. You will never know till the first bullet passes your head. And then you only know till the next bullet. That's a fact. That is. I will absolutely agree with you there. And I can't tell you how I would act in that situation. I have a pretty good sense of it. You I, hope you act a certain way, but you're I like, hope I'm going to act a certain way, but heaven help us. Who knows? One of us is going to be like George. Cost <laughs> out of 10 people, somebody's going to be George Costanza. Fire, fire. 
runs and knocks the old lady down and runs out the door. I'm not gonna lie. I had this conversation with my wife and like my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, and like my oldest son is sitting there and they're like, "We had the what if question," and I told and I said, "Well, look, if I'm gonna be absolutely honest here, and this means me being brutally savage," I said, "Uh, out of my side of the family, out of me, my wife, my kids." I'm probably the only one that's going to make it. And she just looks at me just absolutely offended. And I said, all right, first off, let's put it this way. Are you going to leave the twins? No. Well, the twins are probably going to cry. So they're going to get got, you're not going to leave the kids. So you're going to get got. I said, little dude is little. He's probably, he's not going to make it too much longer. So if anybody's going to make it, it's probably going to be me. I mean, I got dirty looks all over the world, but <laughs> I was like, if I'm being honest and that's just me, it was just me going like, Hey, you know, if I, here's how I see it going down. So, and this is where I don't want people to think I have my own fitted tinfoil hat, <laughs> but I have gear in secure places in my house designed <clears throat> relatively rapidly be in a vehicle to leave an area. You have a bug out bag. I'm not, I'm not combat ready. I'm not unassing the AO in five minutes. I'm not that bad yet. But I, I feel like every military vet has a bug out bag. I have a bug out bag. But I can tell you this. I have a bunch of lint in, in uh, toilet paper rolls uh, that have cellophane wax and Ziploc bags in a box yep. that's relatively close to the front of the garage. Yeah, I, I I always have propane in the in the in, in the gas stove for the per, uh, or uh, for the for the grill, uh, which I can use in case power is out. Uh, I have a turkey fryer or a turkey fryer, so if I had to, I've got one big pot, which is fairly light when it's empty, and I've got that, and I can grab pro propane, and I can grab that, so I've got a cooking surface, and I have a bunch of cast iron pans. I mean. So I know who we're going to go mug, David. Yeah. <laughs> I recommend that. My neighbor feeds cats. She's got like 80 of them. They're all Fair over. Enough. Fair enough. It'll be a bad scene. You're going to be, um, you're going to get got by just the cats. The zombies are going to come start getting the meow mix going on. And then they're going to be around your house. I live near a reserve. So I've got a lot of deer. They take care of, they, they love protecting. Nice. And um, the big squirrel I like to feed. So, so what so i would say this though my favorite zombie movie bar none my favorite zombie movie is Shaun of the dead that is so fun it is such a great oh, movie wow. just because it, it it it's still a zombie movie it still happens every single way but it's i like simon Pegg and i love nick frost i think they are a great combo and whenever they get together and do a movie well at the almost pure gold hot fuzz Sean no. Sean and the dead and uh whatever the full title of the end of the world movie are, are they they also did uh oh my god what's the one the alien movie with um with Paul or Paul Paul, Paul. yeah they did Paul uh, and without a doubt those movies are some of the funniest things I've ever seen they, they, they totally cracked me up I love Simon Pegg I love Nick Frost as well um I just love it. You know, uh, it's not quite as good as Zombieland for me because I thought Zombieland was a special kind of cool. Yes. Uh, that was, there's just something about, you know, 
you know, you got it always double tap. Double tap. You Did know? you see the sequel? I have not seen the sequel, yeah. which is odd. Is it good? I haven't seen it. It doesn't look good to me. It's good. I is mean, it? Yes. I mean, it's it's Zombieland. You know what you're getting when you're getting Zombieland. You get yes. more Woody Harrelson. It's 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 they picked up ten years later, both the actors and the story. Nice. Uh, it, it 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 has a lot of heart. I mean, it's it's also one of those zombie movies that it's it's more about the people. It's more about what would what would the survivors do um, without kind of the the over the top uh, just beat you down with with its social commentary. But it does have things to say as well behind the facade of of Woody Harrelson, uh, you know, as cool. Tallahassee just just going crazy on some zombies. Um, but it's but it Zombieland, I think, is probably one of my favorite favorite okay. movies just be, just because it is fun and it is it, it knows what it is and it doesn't take itself seriously. And the sequel doesn't either. The sequel is very meta. If you see Zombieland nice. 2. I just uh, love the, the Bill Murray scene. The Bill Murray scene really, really <laughs> does it me. Like, like his, his uh, he's awesome. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think I, I will definitely have to watch it. But yeah, when I say uh, I, I love zombies and I love the way that commentary works, uh, I mean, I take it to a whole nother level. I showed you guys the books, but I play yeah. a series of Palladium games and I have like all the Palladium. Yeah, Dark Dead Rain. Dead Rain. Oh, Dead Rain. Sorry. Yes. I'm thinking, yeah. Right now, and I don't know if a newer one has come out yet. It's so hard to tell with Palladium schedule. They're going to one, <laughs> two, three, four, five, six, seven. And I say schedule exceptionally loosely. Because, yeah. Uh, Basically, when they throw out a book, they don't tell you. I've got a book that I've had on pre-order that I foolishly hit the go button as opposed to just looking at it. So I sent that. You're like, oh, no, I pre-ordered it. I sent that wonderful person money for a book that was supposed to be out uh, fall of 2018. The book is still not out. He's released like eight or nine other books. And um, and they still say and it's still listed in the coming soon column. That Palladium has been they've been notorious for that since the since the late 80s. Yeah. I mean, with with, with riffs of Palladium fantasy, they, they were always that way. Oh, this is coming out, you know, September of you know 1993, and then it'd be 1997 and still not out. Are they the George R. R. Martins of uh the gaming world? Actually, worse than that, they're the <laughs> economics of the gaming world. <laughs> Their 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 ambition their ambition is here, and so this is what they publish their release schedule based on. <laughs> but then their actual production is right about here. And, and but part of that problem is he's so tight fisted with who gets to create for him. Yes. Some of the stuff he can honestly just farm out. Let him yes. set up something similar to uh, uh, DM's Guild or come up with some system. But he will not. He's a control freak. He will not let loose of those purse strings. And look, I love his game and I love his creativity. The world, the worlds, plural, he has built are great. I think the Palladium Supers game is one of the best and most connected Supers systems there is. However, that's fair. He's a nutbag. And I shouldn't say that. I'm a podcast. I'm trying to be professional. Shots fired. And with all the love in the world for what he has created, he makes it hard hard to get out here on the interwebs and talk high praise for his game because i can't even play this game his games generally and publish them so other people can see how fun they are 
right. because he doesn't let anybody do that. Right. Like if I were to sit here and sit like with D&D, I can go in and I can talk about different things and I can show excerpt and all that. I can bet you as new, just about a year old as my podcast is, if I started, if I tried to do with Palladium Systems and behind me, behind the screen that you see here, I have nearly every Rift's book there is, all the Dimension books. Uh, if I tried to do some of that content with his stuff, I would get a cease and desist probably within a month. Jeez. That's just the way he is. Yeah, that's nuts. And, and, and you got to know what you're going to get, but I still play those games because the worlds he creates are amazing. And Dead Rain is just one of those. I really wanted to play a zombie game. Nobody else was really doing that. Back in the back in the early 2000s, I had tried to, to, to see what I could do because there are zombie characters and things you could do with D20 there. That And there are some other games that have it. But honestly, if you want to play something like The Walking Dead, honestly, I think Dead Rain is about the best. He gets a little crazy and supernatural with some of the later books. But I'm in a game that plays two, three times a year right now. And I built a character. I have a Hero Forge uh, soldier uh, built, uh, fig built and painted uh, that I have. And it is great. Just the way the characters are built, the backstories, the skills, the abilities. It's very realistic. It's an extremely crunchy system. Uh, so you got to be in the crunch. But when yes. you're done, you have something that really approximates the types of characters you see in a television show such as uh, okay. Walking Dead. And now, I will say this. I was going for, as a player, I also have a game that I've worked on. I haven't actually had anybody throw dice at it yet. It's not 100% ready to go. It is something that I would like to do. I would love to be able to do it for the podcast, but the reality is, like I said, I don't think I'll get to go for that. So yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? Uh, I will say this. I do enjoy because uh, the walking dead does have a tabletop uh, game all out war. And I, they did, they did an update one version of that. I can't remember it, but I have the all out war and you can create your own miniature, like your own character. If you as a character, but they have all the comic book characters and it's a blast. It's a, it's a, it's quick 30 minute game, maybe up to an hour and a half, depending on how well you like how in depth you make the game. But I very much enjoy it. Uh, I also have The Walking Dead because I just feel like Walking Dead does everything pretty solid. Uh, Saints and Sinners on my Oculus VR, which is awesome that I get to take a spoon to a zombie's head in it. <laughs> my wife's sitting there watching me like she's sitting there on her iPod or iPad just sitting there chilling watching the bachelorette and I'm just sitting there and I grab like putting my hand out grabbing a zombie's head and I'm like put my hand to the side and I'm like get in there get in there and she's like what are you doing killing a zombie with a spoon why is it a hurt more I, I, I didn't know that was a question that got asked I was like because I can like and I'm like the beer bottles over in the corner and I don't have a chance to get it and now I just got bit thank you wife now I'm dead I'm infected yeah. uh, I like but I, I like the options out there yeah <laughs> um, but no, there, there is a lot of options out there there's a lot of comics there is so much stuff out there and I think that's so much fun um a little spoiler there's yeah. an event uh drinking and dragons is is coming up it's going to be 
uh, virtual this this year, mm. and I'm putting together the game, and the game I have may have some zombies in it. Oh, snippity snap! That's awesome. So let's uh, let's wrap this up with one last question to each of you, and let's be honest here. Let's be honest, gentlemen. Zombie apocalypse goes down tomorrow. How long do you think you would last? That, I love that, 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 so I have an honest answer, mm-hmm. but it largely depends on where I am when it goes down. Right here, right now, tomorrow At- morning, you wake up, zombie apocalypse has commenced. Are we talking Fear the Walking Dead, where there's a few? <laughs> Knew this was going to happen. Um, so I'd say, which zombies are they? I mean, that's that's the other thing. Okay, so are they the, are they the, the Romero zombies, or are they the Twenty Eight Day Later zombies? Let's 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 take. Well, Romero has two kinds. He has the fast and he has the slow. So let's take the stereotypical slow zombies. Let's honestly, let's just stick with Robert Kirkman zombies because those are the the easiest and most. No, most recognizable. So, yes. the question is time frame. If we're in the fear the walking dead time frame, or we are are we at the point where Rick wakes up? Because while we're like- at the point where Rick wakes up. Okay. Well, not at that point, but we're we're in between fear and we're in between Rick waking up. I'm pretty sure I make it at least a year to two years. At least. Okay. I have some medical conditions that might make that an issue later but I'm pretty sure I make it at least two years. And if I can get past the two year part, I'm probably not just because of the plans I already have in my head. No, it won't ever be a problem unless I like trip and fall in a well or something. David. Uh, I do not have that much faith in myself. Um, <laughs> I mean, but, but th- th- that, this is kind of the point of a lot of these, these movies are reflection on, on these, this media. Yeah. It's, it's what would you do? what do you think you would do and then like you were talking about what would you actually do once you know once all the poop is in the air um i would like to think you know if there is complete societal collapse maybe i don't know maybe a month maybe two i just want to see you run out fighting a bunch of zombies with your lightsabers (laughs) Well, I don't. I wouldn't fight it with a lightsaber. It's not going to do anything to a zombie. You no, know, but, but it'd just be like, you know what? I know I'm going out. Let me go out like a G. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? Yeah. General Kenobi. Just start spinning them. <laughs> I mean, you know, you would like to think that we you could hunker down for a while and, and ride it out and just see. Now, of, of course, you know, if, if COVID has taught us anything, it's that there's always that one scientist who tells everybody exactly what needs to be done. And then no one listens to them. That's what I'm thinking. Like if it really does happen, if it ever really happened, I think based on how society has been, it would probably end up being close to where Rick's waking up before people really like, huh? It's uh, the resident evil is, is much more, (laughs) much more how it's going to go than, than I think walking dead. No doubt. Um, So no, no lurkers. Yeah, Please. I guess for me, because my years in the Boy Scouts, my training in the Army, and just things that I, I like doing, um, know how to hunt, know how to bow hunt, um, uh, I would have to refresh any skills and learn some skills as far as trapping goes. The biggest challenge for me is 
not being resourced enough to have a spot to go. So I'd have to find a spot that would be far off. I have some ideas on where those would be, but getting, making and maintaining potable water. Got it. Like there's, I, I used to teach camp craft uh, with the Boy Scouts and wilderness survival was a class I taught. So it's like the things that it would take to survive individually and with a small group are the things that I can do. The real key would be to long-term survival. That's why I said I'm probably good for about two years because I could scavenge. I could do all the things I need to do to get by for about two years. Would be how big do you build your society? Do you allow your, your group to get? And can you get that group safely to a place that's far enough away? Um, I think in society, the reality is you can and maintain some level of what we commonly consider good morale or morality with a group probably no larger than 20 to 30 before the sheer politics of humanity get in the way of, ma- of doing that differently. Well, and shows that. And, and, and then you have to worry. And again, what you see on The Walking Dead, the later seasons, is it's not just what your group does. It's what happens when you run into a group of 50 who are out to get you. What are your odds? And, and I think after, I think in a lot of cases, if, you were, if, if the zombie apocalypse happened today, right now, and you survived the initial, the initial onslaught of, of the zombies, once you, if, once you learn how to deal with the zombies, and if we're talking about the slow moving ones that you can pick off with a rifle or, you know, you can take out with a spear or, or whatever, once you could, zombies typically behave in a very consistent manner. They shamble along when they hear a sound or see a sight, and then they just eat the brains of whatever's there. Once you learn how to deal with that, you're fine. You could le- either learn how to avoid them, how to kill them, or how to make it so that they, you hold your hole up somewhere where they can't get you. And then it's just a matter of having food and water so you can survive. At that point, your biggest enemy is at that point, your biggest enemy isn't the zombies, it's other people. Yep. And that's why I say about two years, because that's where whatever you're scavenging, whatever your resources are, you're going to come into contact with somebody else. There are a, there are seven to eight billion people on this planet. There's no place you can go that some survivor somewhere doesn't also get to. Unless you have your own island that is off all charts and you're hoping nobody lands there by accident. And right. even in that situation, you have the terrible consideration of what if somebody dies in their sleep? Right. And how do you deal with that? Illness, cleanliness, all of those things become... Um, a much more uh much bigger problems like honestly you will probably see people die of foot fungus because people walk around in crocs with that their nasty unwashed feet and that will get you dead right <laughs> right well historically this question went way deeper than i was intending well, it to go <laughs> which i knew it was going to but i was like do i go down the rabbit hole and ask them this question and i'm like Ah, let's see what let's roll the sure. dice and see the, what happens the, historically the thing that has killed more people than anyone else in the history of the world is diarrhea yep. i mean and 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 that's the thing you know you, you, 
I'm not gonna try not to get too political here, but you know, you see all the preppers and all the people who are stockpiling canned goods and guns and ammunition, and that's they think that they they're the survivalists are are so preoccupied with with fighting this phantom war that's coming, when really, if there's a the the EMP takes out all the electronics in the country, or there's a zombie apocalypse, or whatever, the thing that that you that you individually have to do is find that community, like like the Winnie was talking about, find that community. Where are the doctors? Where are the people who know how to how to grow crops? Where are the people who know how to hunt? Where are the people who know how to build shelters and do maintenance on that sort of thing? How long how long will you have access to gasoline? Okay whether it's to power a generator or a vehicle, you know, that's a, that's a good question. You know, back in February. How far away are you from a nuclear plant that six months after everybody's dead blows up anyway? Right. Yeah. Or, or that, or that the, the oil, the, the coal, the coal fact, the coal uh, oil refinery or the, the coal power plant. Yeah. How long does that run? Because in zombie land, all of that stuff is still running, right? Kind of unrealistically. All, all of that infrastructure is still running. They, they, you know, they get in cars and drive, just drive anywhere. But realistically, uh, as an example, back in February, we had this ice storm come through here and our power was out on and off for 12 days. And some people had power. Some people had, you know, whole home generators. Some people had portable generators. Well, if you had a portable generator, you had to go out every couple of days, you get 40 gallons of gas and you might have to drive two miles, five miles, 20 miles to find a gas station that had gas. If you had a whole home generator, you were dependent on the gas company being able to supply your house with, with gas, with natural liquid, natural gas, or you had to have your own liquid propane. Again, how long are people prepared to do that? And how, and once that initial stock runs out, how can, how can you restock that? I live in the suburbs, you know, if the zombie apocalypse started today, and even if all the zombies got wiped out, if all that infrastructure goes away, I can't grow my own crops. I, even if I wanted to, I don't have the, I don't have the land to do it. So how's, how's that going to end for me? Not well. Uh, I mean, and, and that's, that's the other thing like you were talking about is, is, is are people prepared for, for long-term, uh, for the long-term apocalypse? And for the most part, we're not, especially not in cities. So a lot of those doomsday, doomsday preppers, the idea is know who they are because when they die from foot fungus and all the other stuff, Theirs is the shit you want to go get. Yes. <laughs> Going to a city to hit a drugstore, you got to grab the doomsday prepper that fell out. Right. So who, bro- who rolled his ankle and is now yeah. stuck in the forest somewhere. Yeah, and has gangrene, and then you go go to his bunker. Yep. Yeah, because now you got a place to hole up. You only got to fight one of them. He scared <laughs> off everybody else anyway. Right. And, and you know he's got guns and all the canned beans that you want. All right, I'll I'll grab Lucille. We'll we'll go we'll go find all the doomsday preppers. We're gonna do this. We're gonna rock this. We got, you know what? We got T Dog. We got Glenn. We yeah. got this. I'll be Negan. Yeah. Here's the trick, though. We got to make sure they fell out first. <laughs> That's they true. Rough while they're still kicking. Let me give some kudos to those preppers out there. Yeah. I'm not coming for you until you're already done. I'm not that <laughs> dumb. That's how I make it two years. That's how you make I'm it two years. That's awesome. Uh, all right. Uh, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, Lee Winika, where can people find Tabletop Journeys? Yeah. So Tabletop Journeys can be found in all your podcatchers, Apple, Audible, Google. Um, we're there and it's Tabletop Journeys, Tabletop One Word Journeys. Um, 
is there. We have our website where you can find all of our playlists for our uh, podcasts, both our side quests, our actual play field trips and such. And that is uh, ttjourneys.com. We are on Twitter at ttjourneys. We have our Patreon, which we would love to have more folks join, support the show. We have lots of great content. We're opening up some new content things for our patrons in the next couple of weeks. We've had some great meetings this week just to get ready for you. Uh, so come on in, welcome aboard. And that would be at patreon.com slash ttjourneys. We, we also have our very active Facebook group. Um, so, and that's uh, Tabletop Journeys uh, on Facebook. It should come right up. Uh, you'll see our, our nice logo designed by our, one of our co-hosts. And uh, we are also opening up Discord. And unfortunately, this is a little bit harder to say. It is actually uh, discord.gg slash C, capital R, E, 8GWJQ. I don't know why Discord doesn't let us just use names, but that's the Discord. More importantly, I'm sure Steve will be kind enough to have this all in the show. Absolutely not. Not so, even a little bit. Yeah, of course I'm going to have you taken <laughs> care of. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, by all means, uh, yeah, that, that, that's where you can find us. We're, uh, we love our tabletop role-playing games. Uh, D&D is our focus. It's what we call home. Uh, we're very story and storyteller focused. Uh, we love great stories, but we are not solely D&D. We are starting to branch out. We've got some great new stuff coming up. Uh, some stuff recorded. Some stuff just finished recording less than 24 hours ago. A very uh, long night and uh, a very long day. Uh, I think Steve, you and I have the longest day involved with all of that between. We, we do. But yeah, it it was a rough one. Uh, getting up this morning was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was up about a half hour, forty five minutes after that. <laughs> I was yeah. negotiating with God and Red Bull. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know when I woke up, but I was with a rock star in hand and I was halfway to work, which is an hour away from where I live. That's Not awesome. Exactly sure how that worked, but I also had, a, <laughs> I also had an egg McMuffin, so I must've done something right. You did something uh, good. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I mean, we love, we love the games and we're going to be doing more. We have actual plays that we're airing on a regular basis. We do a lot of theory crap. Like we talk about things. Uh, some of the big hits are just our, uh, our class and subclass rankings like we talk about the classes and then we in a separate yeah. episode we'll talk we'll rank the subclasses and talk about what we like what we don't like what we want to see what we don't want to see so yeah it's it's and it's always a pleasure to have you on the show good sir uh always love having the tabletop journeys now i gotta get josh actually i gotta get glenn on here uh eventually and then uh get josh back on here because you know he's gonna want to come back and talk he, he can't let you one-up him a little bit not even a little bit I, I've known Josh for most of the cool part of my life. In all honesty, he's part of the reason the cool part of my life is the cool part of my life. But uh, he he will not, he he loves him some competition. <laughs> so um, um, yeah, no, it's it's awesome to have you on. Thank you so much. Uh, so let's go ahead and wrap this up on my side. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you are listening to us on podcasts. If you are listening to us on Audible and Apple, please, please, please leave those reviews. We love us some reviews. 
Uh, we're also on Instagram and Facebook, so please like and follow us at DNA Pod and on Twitter at Nerd DNA Pod and on Twitch at Nerd DNA Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and join with me today as as I try to always have him on the show is my amazing co-host, David Perry, uh, as well as our amazing guest host, Lee Winika from Tabletop Journeys. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Dave, great talking with you again. Always see you again. Always. And I will wrap this episode up with this uh, little bit of advice. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are going to get caught in the zombie apocalypse, don't get bit. And if you do, make sure to slice that limb off first. I don't know where I'm going with this, but you know what, whatever. Tomatoes before the zombie. Oh yeah, that's that's better. I like that better. Learn to grow. Potatoes. Potatoes.